Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So last night, the Charlotte City Council, in a 7-3 to three vote, uh, recriminalized some local ordinances. Not all of the local ordinances that were originally requested by Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police to have criminal penalties attached to them once again, which they had prior to 2021. Um, but six of the eight, six of the eight, I have the list here. Um, and the city council's housing safety and community committee had voted in January to recommend that the full city council approve their recommendation on criminalizing, recriminalizing eight city ordinances. Again, only six of them uh, made it through the vote last night. This was a 3-2 vote on the on the committee, and it was a 7-3 vote last night on the council, the full council. Here were the, um, here were the eight ordinances recommended for recriminalization. Beer and wine consumption and possession of open containers and disposal of containers. That would then be enforceable with a criminal penalty, fines, or even arrest, right? Unauthorized people in parking lots, trespassing in a motor vehicle, loitering for the purpose of engaging in drug-related activity, taking advantage of yourself in public, urination and defecation on certain property prohibited, behavior in public parks, and soliciting from street or median strip, which could include panhandling. Um, two of those did not make the cut. The two that did not make the cut were unauthorized persons in parking lots because, uh, you know, do they have lawful business there? There's First Amendment implications. If somebody's just like in a parking lot, are they automatically trespassing, whatever? So there's litigation involved in in, in some of uh, some cities that have similar rules like this. So they're going to hold off. They held off on that one and they held off on the loitering for the purpose of engaging in drug related activity. They, they, they withheld that one, but the other six, they were approved. The other six got approved. And what the debate last night to me sounded like was local residents particularly in the fourth ward. And if you're not sure where this is, so Charlotte is divided. Like if you've ever been into the heart of center city, Charlotte uptown, it used to be downtown, but then they did the rebranding effort back in like the early two thousands. And they wanted it to sound a little bit, you know, swankier. So they said uptown because that's a nicer kind of a sound to it. Anyway. So, cause downtown's dirty, you know, gritty, you know, uptown's classy. So, they called it Uptown, and uh, right at the center of Uptown is the Crossroads Trade and Tryon. They call it the Square, even though it's a cross, right? But anyway, the the Square Trade and Tryon. That was the original dividing line for the political wards. And so, if you're looking at Trade and Tryon, 
Tryon runs north-south, trade runs east-west. And so the, 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 the quadrant that's created by that intersection in the top right side, if you're doing like sort of clockwise, that's first ward. Then you go to the one on the bottom right, that's second ward. One to the bottom left is third ward. And then back up to the top left is fourth ward. Now, fourth ward has had housing in it for decades. That was like the only place. I remember when I first got here in the early 90s, that was like the only place that had housing. There used to be housing in second ward, so kind of diagonal across from it in the southwest part. That was where Brooklyn Village was located, or Brooklyn. That was where Brooklyn was, and that was predominantly that was the African-American quadrant. And then Urban Renewal came in, thanks to Democrats and LBJ, and they just bulldozed all of the black part of Uptown, and they put government facilities there. They built the Ed Shed, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board building, right? They built the Walton Center, which was named after the guy, the diddler of boys. and uh, But he was a Democrat, so it's okay. Um, and they had Marshall Park there, right? So, and now look, that whole area, I think that there were some problems with, like, the, the sewerage and all of that. There's, like, a lot of runoff coming through the area. So it had its challenges. But, yes, that, like, they 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 uprooted an entire neighborhood. The government did. The federal government paid the local governments to uproot an entire neighborhood. And this was, quote, urban renewal. Did it all over the country. Predominantly black neighborhoods. Okay. So uh, the Fourth Ward has had this uh, uh, residential population there for a very long time. And it's it's an urban setting. And uh, there's like a little park there. And when I say park, it's, you know, it's brick. There's like a tree in it. it. It's it's an urban park. It's not, you know, it's not like a central park. It's not a lot of greenery going on there. But what do you say to the residents who live there and have lived there for 20, 30 years? And they they know there's, you know, uh, uh, Section 8 housing right there. They know there's there are, are soup kitchens and men's shelters. And, like, there's all these facilities all around that area. So And they knew that. But they say things are got things have gotten worse. And when they say, hey, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be out there taking advantage of yourself in the middle of the park. And what the response from the the homeless advocates and activists who were there last night, and, and there was like a dozen different groups, nonprofits and organizations, and this is another side of this whole issue that People don't ever like to talk about it. It's automatically assumed that, oh, it's great that we have all these nonprofits and stuff. Yeah, but a lot of them, you got a lot of different groups that are doing this work and sometimes working at cross purposes. Um, but also, it's a it's a bit of a cottage industry going on, you know? And so out in, like when you read the book San Francisco, you see how the focus on this housing first approach, which is we got to get everybody into housing. And you have all of these entities that then sprout up and they run off of government grants and they advocate for housing first, housing first, housing first. But that's not the best solution for everybody. And a lot of times people just take advantage of getting a, a, a you know, roof over their head. They then use it to do all of the drugs and engage in all of the behavior and they make no changes to their lifestyle and then they then they move on. And so when I see the debate last night, I hear residents saying, hey, 
Don't take advantage of yourself in the middle of the park in broad daylight. And the activists are saying, build more housing. Hey, you know what? Um, I live right outside of this park and uh, maybe, you know, don't uh, pull down your pants and uh, defecate right there on the sidewalk in front of my door. And the activists are saying, well, we need more porta potties all around town. Like, I, th- I feel like you're talking past each other. <laughs> you know, I feel like, okay, yes. And, and by the way, the adversarial nature of the attacks going against the city council was uh, another example, and you heard it last hour, where these people are screaming shame, shame at these residents who are literally calling for the city to do its core function, its top priority, perform your number one task, the reason you exist, right, which is public safety. So that's your reason for being, that is your your highest purpose and residents are saying you're not doing your job. You're not fulfilling your highest purpose in maintaining a basic uh, minimum standard of decency and uh, and civil society. And for that, they're screamed at and shouted down and accused of not caring about their fellow human beings and everything else. Which, by the way, for a lot of the people that are out there in these situations that are uh, that are houseless or the unhoused or homeless or whatever you, whatever you want to call them. It's the condition here. It's not the name. It's not the word. You know, they're the ones that are also victimized at far greater rates. And um, the city and the county and the state and nonprofits, right? People have been throwing hundreds of millions of dollars at this problem for years. And you're you're yelling at at the city council because... They want to be able to, at some point, say, you know what, you're assaulting a person. Let's go ahead and take you in. You know, you got a long rap sheet of doing the same kind of exposure because that's that, that that's one of the things that prompted all this also was was at the was it 7th Street. Some guy was pleasuring himself and like like got a woman up against a wall and then the cops couldn't do anything because he was doing it under his clothes and stuff. And so then it eventually resulted in him being let, let go. And then he, uh, then he assaulted somebody else. So your response to those residents is what more Porta Johns. Let me go over here to the uh, phones and get Dave on. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the program. Hey Pete, how you doing? I'm good, man. What's up? So, um, and all this talk about the ordinances and all the stuff that's going on in Charlotte and and even the flow of fentanyl across the border, the one thing that nobody seems to want to talk about is individual responsibility. And we all have an individual responsibility to conduct ourselves in a civil manner so that we can all coexist and get along. And that's what's going on with most of these homeless people. I deal with these people almost daily. And I can tell you without a hesitation 99.9 percent of them are in those conditions because they choose to be because they don't want to abide by society's rules and they've lost wherever they were able to stay before but out there on the street they can do whatever they want to do whenever they please Mm -hmm. yeah there well and yes there 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 are choices involved i agree and there are also you know there's addiction there's mental health uh issues involved but but yes they and and those both of those things help to make their decisions 
to stay where they are because they prefer to be able to do those things, right? To engage in right. the activities that they want to engage in. Absolutely. And so I think it's great that uh, the city has passed, you know, to reinstate these ordinances. But if the magistrates are not going to hold them accountable and put them on bond and the judges are not going to hold them accountable, it's really all for naught. Well, I will tell you, the uh, chief district court judge, Elizabeth Thornton Trosh, came and spoke at the council meeting last night. And she said exactly what you just said. And so don't expect any of these uh, criminal penalties to actually be enforced. So I'll play the audio from her in a minute. Dave, I appreciate the call. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out charlotte city council last night recriminalizing six ordinances two they're going to wait on they already did a round earlier too last night during the public comment section chief district court judge for the 26th district elizabeth thornton trosh addressed the council These ordinances are classified as class three misdemeanors under North Carolina law. They are punishable by a fine. And unless there's a significant criminal history, they are not even punishable by incarceration. The uh, essentially implementing criminalization of these ordinances will result in people being arrested by police officers who will spend hours in our detention center to see a magistrate to uh, demonstrate probable cause. They'll sit in jail until they see a judge the next day who will more than likely, in most cases, release that individual more vulnerable back into the same situation in our community. Now, I hear council member Bakari talk about a homelessness court. We have six recovery courts here in Mecklenburg County and they are very much homelessness courts. They are courts where we are interacting with people who have come into contact with the criminal justice system because of conduct associated with addiction, mental illness, and homelessness. And we face the same problem that you face. We face the same problem that police officers responding to these incidents in our community face. These are people who need resources. Okay, so more money, more resources. By the way, um, nobody ever discussed whether or not providing more and more resources then acts as a magnet for more demand. That never came up. But it is, it is one of the effects, which makes this problem very difficult to resolve. Um, let's see here. This is, uh, well, I'll do this. Here's another montage of uh, people who, uh, these again, these are people that are associated with various nonprofits and church groups and, uh, and churches uh, that work with the homeless 
in the uptown Charlotte area that are saying don't do criminal penalties. What's wrong? You're not smiling. What's going on today? I was trying to get up here. Defecating on myself, that wasn't words used. This is somebody I see smiling every day, y'all, and this was just last Friday. And he trying to make his way from the transit to get to me where I serve every evening to use my phone so that he could get his house in. And if you criminalize that, that's another ding on his record to keep a landlord from allowing him to get into a place. So these are the things that y'all don't understand because landlords look at that. They look at those dings and it might be minor to you, but it's major to them when we're trying to house them. And this is somebody that could absolutely die out here on the streets. Criminalizing these behaviors amongst the city's most vulnerable does nothing to provide basic needs or house people. It exacerbates the homelessness to prison pipeline that we already know exists in our community. Taking the native lands was on the books. Slavery was on the books. Sexism was on the books. Homophobia was on the books. I hope you can hear me, Representative Bakari, because on the books does not mean what is ethical or what is required of a people who try to be a city. Okay, hang on a second. Was that moral and ethical for people who try to be a city? So Wait, okay, hang on a second. Guys, if we don't want to be a city, then we don't have to abide any ethics or morals? By the way, that was a preacher that said that. I don't know what kind of denomination he's working in, but that's, yeah, that was an interesting justification and preacher in last night. Every individual that's come in this room tonight that uh, is in favor of these ordinances, I would like for you to agree to spend one night in jail or one night on a park bench. CMPD is not community health workers. CMPD are not properly trained to deal with poor people with mental health issues. I am sick and tired of the council women and men of color discriminating against people of color. We are talking about human beings, not animals that you commit to a cage. We cannot make poverty a crime. We cannot make white officers with guns yelling verbal commands to black people experiencing homelessness. We can't make that legal. Wait, There's what? a man who wait, wait, Okay, wait a minute. Hang on a second. You can <clears throat> actually. That It already is. It already is legal. It's true. Yeah, <clears throat> the law says if... You are a police officer. You can give verbal commands and carry a gun. And it doesn't even matter your race. Did you know that? It's it's true. I don't know if this guy was aware. But, you know, I just I felt like in case he's listening or anybody that knows him, like you could just pass that on to him. It is already legal at the state level, too. And they're on the corner of trade and try on for many years. He lives at the bus stop there. Right. He has a name. Many of us in this room know his name. Right, those in the healthcare field know his name. CMPD know his name. His name is Larry Marine. Right, and if you employ the CMPD on Larry Marine living out there outside the Bank of America, it will not be no friendly confrontation because Larry Marine has been allowed to live there for many years. He believes that that is his home. He uses the bathroom right there. He eats right there. He panhandles from there. 
I went there today in the rain to visit Larry Marine to ask for permission to use his name. He said, use my name, brother. Right? He's coherent. He can't speak. But he suffers from severe mental illness. He suffers from the disease of addiction. He suffers from being born black in the United States of America and residing here in Charlotte, North Carolina. He suffers from that. And his name is Larry Marine. Say his name. Because there's a good chance that when CMPD confronts him, it will not be a nice situation. So remember the name of Larry Marine as you make this decision. I am glad that people are upset. I am glad that there is a sense of urgency about the fact that people have no place to live in our community. The problem isn't that people have to see how hard it is to be unhoused. The problem is that people are unhoused. That's the housing first mindset right there. The housing first mindset, which is unattainable, by the way. This is, and this is, all of those people in the audience know this too. They all know that not everybody is going to take advantage of all of the services and help that is offered. They know that. Anybody who's done any kind of work in this area knows that. Not everybody wants the help. All, all you could do is offer it, right? If they don't want, to, if they don't want it, they're not going to use it. So then what happens? What do you tell the person who is living there that has Larry Marine or whoever it is living right outside of their house and they're defecating and urinating and pleasuring themselves in front of their front window, in front of their kids? What do you tell the resident? What do you tell the taxpayer, the human being, the citizen that's, that's on the other side of the glass there? What do you tell them? If you don't like it, leave. That's the message. If you don't like it, leave. The problem is, is that people will. People will not put up with this for very long. And then you start talking about things like doom loops in cities. After all of the money that was spent to bring Uptown back. Here is a message on the email from James uh, Pete. Over 50 years ago, I saw streetside restrooms in Paris, France. They were S-shaped little facilities where people could walk in either side and relieve themselves in private and walk away. Being a teenage American, I thought that was great. Cities should look into what is done in other countries for this problem. Uh, that is one of the things they are doing. They're going to be putting um, porta potties, porta johns around Uptown. I think they're starting with like two. Uh, they're also bringing in some uh, a product called the Portland Lou. Portland Lou, all one word, of course, but the L is capitalized. So the P is capitalized, the L is capitalized, so Portland Lou. And apparently it's some sort of a specialized porta potty or something that Portland developed because they had some they had some problems that they yeah. So they're getting they're bringing a couple of those in too. And look, I, I thought this was actually a this was a fair argument. You got to have public restrooms around the uptown area for tourists, right? Or people who are visiting, you know, they go into an office building, they go for, you know, some whatever appointment, and then it's like, ah, I got to go to the bathroom. Where do I go? So then you got to go someplace and buy something. And I don't even know what a cup of Starbucks coffee costs in Center City now. It's probably like $30 or something just to use the bathroom. I got to drop 30 bucks. I mean, that's like, I don't know. It's like half of the parking rates. That's Mike. Welcome to the program. Hello, Mike. 
Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Uh, you know, and you've been running this all day on your on your news thing. The, the guy that was yelling, "These people are human beings. They're not animals." Yeah. Well, to me, they are animals because I don't care how down I am. I'm going to do whatever I can to go hide somewhere or be inconspicuous about going to the bathroom. I mean, you know, they don't even try. You know, they talk about putting porta potties. Mm -hmm. They probably won't even use them because you've lost respect for yourself and you've lost respect for everybody else. If you can stand outside of somebody's house on the stoop and go to the bathroom and defecate, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, I mean. There's you know, something it, biblical about that, too. There's like the like the the level of uh, and I, I do agree with you that you've lost respect for yourself. Um, now, this is assuming, of course, that you are of sound mind, uh, which I would well, I, I would guess a lot of uh, a lot of people when they get to that point are not. That's a whole other issue, but, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these people, like I said, I used to listen to Neil Bortz when he was on, mm -hmm. and he used to say, homelessness is a choice, and I firmly believe that. I've woken up some mornings with zero dollars in my account, and I've, I've had that happen, and I was depressed for about 40 minutes, and then I brushed myself off and did whatever I could do. You know, I see these people all the time panhandling on the street in front of a Walmart, in front of Lowe's, in front of shopping centers. And if they walk into the parking lot, there's help wanted signs all over the place. Right, they but, don't want to work. They they want they they I think they've gotten so used to just not doing anything all day but getting handouts that that's they're they're obsessed to the fact that that's the way it is. Now, I agree there's a big mental uh, issue out there. We, we also made a big mistake at closing down all the mental hospitals. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you, I'm 59 years old, if we went back to 1974, most of the people that you know today and everybody knows somebody, if it was 1974, they'd be in a hospital. Well, yeah, and... Sure. So the, so you've got several different things occurring, right? You've got the mental uh, health issues. You've got the addiction issues, um, the trauma issues. But uh, there are some people, yes, that have made a uh, they, they make the decision that they prefer to live life uh, by their own rules that they're living by. And there are all sorts of uh, strategies that they then adopt and employ to help them live that lifestyle. And that's not a lifestyle that a lot of people want to live. But if you make it easy enough for more people to live like that, then you lower the barriers, you know, and more people then will choose to live like that. This is what I mean. At some point, you become an enabler.